encourage you. Go with us. It's an experience. Uh, talk to these people who raised their hands. They'll tell the starrings, the, all the people you saw raise their hand here. Uh, quite an amazing day. So again, thank you guys for giving of your time. And we'll do it again in here in just a moment. And Pablo, I've got to find out that app that you've got so that whenever I make a mistake, I can blame the tech team. That is, that is awesome. Blame the tech team. Yeah. Is that, is that the app? Hold on just a minute. Let me... So any mistake I ever make, I can blame the tech team. All right. Sarah, Jake, that's you. Real quick, I just want to go over a couple things so that you hear my heart as a pastor today. Um, when Andre, Andre was here with us last year. What is his title, Pablo? He's the director, He's the director of Love Life Charlotte. Uh, he came and was with us last year. He met with the Mooresville pastors and gave us the heart and the vision. And, and as I said, we're going to join with either two or three other churches uh, to go down um, to Charlotte. I know Christ Community is going to be there and um, the church over there by the big church, that one, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Michael Colvert is the pastor. I'm sure you all know him as well. Anyway, they're going to be there. We have two or three others that are going to join us, so it's kind of a Mooresville connection that's happening, so um, looking forward to that. What I want to just briefly talk to you about today is, if, you're t if you want to take notes on your bulletin or whatever, life. That's a simple title. You could put an ex exclamation point at the end if you want to. Um, but you know, true life, as we're, we're taking the day to talk about the week, to talk about the sanctity of life, True life is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank God for folks who, as I was, first of all, I thank God for my mom back there who took us to church. I've told you before, we, my brother and I had a drug problem growing up. She drug us to church on Sunday. She drug us to church on Sunday night. She drug us to church on Wednesday. My mom always drug us to church. So I'm thankful for her life and for her example uh, of who Jesus was to her as a single mom. And then for all of the, who works with our children in here? If you, if you work with kids, just thank you for working with our kids. Let's thank them. There you go. It was many of them at my church, not these people because they're not that old, um, many of those folks at uh, First Foursquare Church on American Avenue who shared the gospel of Jesus with me. Life is found, true life is, is based upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the very beginning, you go all the way back to Genesis. We're not going to turn there, but you go all the way back to Genesis. And what did the Father do? He breathed life into us. Well, actually, we are going to go back to Genesis. It's just not going to be on the of life into man's nostrils. And then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. It all began right there. Hebrews 9.22, if you want to write that down, it's not on the screen either. It says, in fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. See, the forgiveness of sins is what leads to eternal life. And I'm grateful for that. It was because of the blood of Jesus Christ that, first of all, it was because of the Father that life was breathed into man, physical life that we are able to experience here. But then the blood of Jesus is what gave us eternal life uh, that we're able to experience and enjoy today. Here's what I know. Here's point number one. We have been, or maybe here today, we are a broken people. Have you ever been broken by sin? Have you ever been broken by the effects of sin? Uh, we've done a few series on this that, you know, it's not always our sin that causes us to have a, just difficult circumstances in life. But sometimes it's the sin of others that affects us. We all have been or we all are 
are a broken people. Turn with me to a book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. We're going to look in um, chapter 2 just for a couple quick scriptures that we have here. We're going to be Ephesians 2, 1. First of all, we're going to read through verse 3 and then we'll keep going. We have been or we are a broken people in this room today. I did this while we were in Jamaica. By the way, it's so good to be back from all the travel and everything. Dean does get home tomorrow night at midnight, so he is on a plane this morning. Uh, he texted me uh, through WhatsApp and said, hey, I'm getting on the plane. I said, all right, I'm praying for leg room. And he shot me a picture, and he is in the exit row, so he's got leg room for his 11-hour flight back to New York. So whatever time that gets him to New York. Uh, so Lord, just be with Dean on his flight back here to the States. Where was I going with that? I have no idea. We just had to pray for Dean. The Lord wanted to take me there. Blame it on the tech, people. Thanks, Sarah. We have been and we are a broken people. Pablo said he gets off on tangents. Pablo, that's no news here at this church. They know that rabbit trails happen, and sometimes I'm like, how do I even get back? But it's all good. Ephesians 2.1, we just got back. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, everybody say that with me, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Say that with me. Just like everyone else. See, there are sins, there are addictions, there's guilt and there's shame that can make it difficult for people to approach God. You ever felt that way? I'm talking to Christians here. Have you ever felt that way that you, just, you could not approach God because look at what I have done. Look at the mistake that I have made. We all fall into this category. And as we're talking specifically about the subject we're, we're mentioning today as, as far as abortion goes, you know what? Sin is sin in the eyes of the Lord. And it's easy to say, how in the world could someone, how in the world could someone do this? How in the world could someone do that? But because of the sin, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And it can make it difficult to approach God. I love the story of the Wiggins family. Is that, that was their name, correct? The Wiggins family, they came. We had never heard this before. And then all of a sudden, there were all these people who were surrounding us with love and acceptance. And it's why we chose what we chose. There can be a sense of unworthiness. But then we find hope in the story of Jesus, just like the Wiggins family did. How did they find the story of Jesus? By people who love them. Just as we have found hope, we pray that those lost in sin will find hope in the name of Jesus. People who understand that they are forgiven will find it more difficult to judge others because of their sin. I want to say that again, okay? So put your listening ears on really good. People who understand that they are forgiven will find it more difficult to judge others because of their sin. When I know how much God has forgiven me of... And again, you've heard me say this, I wasn't a bad kid growing up, but did I sin? Sure I did. Was I going to the same hell that the worst sinner was going to? Absolutely I was. But I understand that I have been forgiven. And, and I look through the eyes of Jesus and I'm like, you know what, it, 
I can't really judge that person. Instead, compassion begins to well up, well up because I understand this. I have been a broken person. And there are times in my life where I know that I have sinned against the Lord, even shocking, even as a pastor. This week we were in, um, I was in training um, down in South Charlotte. Oh my word, talk about wanting to sin. Just drive up and down 77 in rush hour. Oh my Lord. <laughs> right, right, who does that every week? You have to go up and down that 77 area. Oh my goodness. Um, I, ooh, I pray for all of us. <laughs> but we're all driven to this point where uh, we, we have those times in our life where I don't feel that I can approach God, even as a pastor. So what we learned in this course was how to work with people, how to you know, help them through their issues, all this kind of stuff. But here's what we found out too, that firemen, policemen, EMTs, ministers of the gospel, raise your hand if you're a minister of the gospel, every hand should go up. Pastors, right? We all face those times where we sin against God. We fall short of His glory that's there. People who understand that they are forgiven will find it more difficult to judge others because of their sin. Although we are a broken people, it's the resurrection that gives us hope. Here's the second point. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is real. Amen. It's not even Easter. Can we celebrate the risen King even though it's not Easter? Is that okay that we do that? We should do that every single day. Celebrate the risen Savior who is Jesus. The resurrection is real. Our sin makes it difficult to believe that we will be resurrected too, though. We face that. People that we know face that. That our sin, their sin, makes it difficult to believe that we will be resurrected too. God, how can you forgive me when I did such and such? I believe I'm preaching to somebody here today. I believe that I'm bringing hope to somebody here today. And we're not necessarily just talking about the issue of abortion. We all are broken people. And the resurrection is real. Let's keep going in verse uh, 4 of Ephesians 2. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much. Look at your neighbor and say, God loved you so much. God loved you so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. If that doesn't give you hope, I don't know what else will. The resurrection is real. God raised us with Jesus despite my brokenness, despite, let's call it what it is, my sin, which caused me to be broken. Now, I don't want to necessarily see a raise of hands, but you can if you want. Who has sinned this week? Yeah, there we go. We see the hands. The confession time is coming. <laughs> you know what? Actually, yeah, we can do that. Lord, will you forgive me? Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Repentance is, again, one of those things that's a daily need. Sometimes I have to repent before I even get out of bed in the morning. There's a text that comes across my phone, and I'm like, oh. anybody ever done that? <laughs> oh. And you have to repent. There's an email that comes in. So just here's the thing. Don't check your phone before you get out of bed. You won't have to repent before you get out of bed. 
Repentance is a daily thing. Here, I, I find it for me. Several times throughout the day, I find myself having to repent. And I'm thankful that God has given us the ability to do that because of His Son, Jesus. The resurrection is real. We have been united with Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to read this to you quickly. This will not be on the screen, so just put your listening ears on. You can write down 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 23. It says, but tell me this. Let me say that again. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 23. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that there will be no resurrection from the dead? For if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. We know that's not true. And... If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. Does anybody in here feel that you have a useless faith? Then Christ is risen from the dead. We apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all of you who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, and he is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, and now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. We know that's Jesus. Verse 22, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ has been given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised at the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. That's good news. That is good news. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus say that he would raise from the dead? I'll give you a clue. Did Jesus say that he would raise from the dead? Did he? You know, the Bible tells us that 500 people saw this happen. So it wasn't, now, is God's word enough? Absolutely it is. But the Bible tells us 500 people saw him after he resurrected from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15 Verse 3 through 6, where it says, now if you back up a little bit, I passed on to you what was most important and what, also, what had also been passed to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said, and he was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, as scripture said. He was seen by Peter and by the twelve. Verse 6, after that he was seen by, actually I was wrong when I said 500. After that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. So what Paul is saying here to the Corinthians is, go ask those people who haven't died yet, they'll tell you what they saw. The Bible goes on to say, where Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, I will send you the Holy Spirit. See, the resurrection is real, and it points to the fact that life is sacred. God loves us so much. He loves people so much that he said, you know, I am going to die because of your sins, because of the sins of the world. I will die, but I will be resurrected. And it shows you this, that life is sacred and anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and also be resurrected with Christ. That's good news. That's the good news for broken people. 
Jesus rose like he said he would. Let me ask you one more question. Did Jesus say he would forgive our sins? He did. Jesus does what he says he will do. He said, I will be resurrected, and he did. He says, I will forgive you of your sins, and he does, and he has, and he will continue to do so. John 14 is where he goes on. He says, if you, if you love me, obey my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you that advocate. Church, we have the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us, who is our advocate, who helps us, who gives us the power that we need, in fact. He will not leave us as orphans. Life is sacred. So with that in mind, Jesus said he would raise again. He did. He said he will forgive us of our sins. He will. We can trust that he's going to come back for his church as well. And we want to tell other people about this good news. What am I trying to say? That this life is not all that there is. There's more to this life than just this life. There's a resurrection that is promised for those who believe in the name of Jesus. Life is so important to the Father. Life is so important to Christians from God's point of view, but life is so important to those who have yet to come to Jesus Christ. While we were still dead in our sins, Christ died for us. So there are believers today, we are not dead in our sins, even though we may sin from time to time, but there are folks who are dead in their sin. And who has the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ? We do, all of us. Hello, preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your life shows it, your words show it. God has given us life. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after physically dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. He goes on to say, do you believe this, Martha? I want you to put your name in there. Do you believe this, David? And, and most of the Bibles that you have, if you have the red letter edition, those words are in red, which means Jesus spoke these very words. I am the resurrection and the life, he said. Anyone who believes in me, even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, David? Do you believe this, Mike? Do you believe this, Malou? Do you believe this, Miss Beth? Put your name in there. Jesus came to give broken people life. Church, I am thankful for that. What does he want me to do with that? What does Jesus want me to do with that? Point number four, the cross isn't the end of the story. We have hope. And because the cross isn't the end of the story, we have hope and so do others. We spread that hope to other people. Now, Saturday, when we walk down, um, we, we've already been told that we're not going to be interacting with folks going into the abortion clinic or anything like that. We're, we're not going to be interacting with them. That, that gave me relief, you know, because I don't know what to say. Hey, let me tell you something. I could mess it up anyway. They do. Now, there are organizations down there that have trained counselors and all of that in case there's a, a couple that comes who says, you know, we want to choose life today. They have all that taken care of. But we have a story to tell. Your life that God has given you you know, you could have a, we'll call it a Latrobe, a Latrobe Drive experience in your workplace, in your neighborhood, 
You could have a Latrobe Drive experience where you're praying for the people at the place where you work who may be contemplating any type of sin. And I'm using the word contemplating sin. There's times where I sin. I'm not contemplating it. I just, you know, in a moment, I just, well, I guess I do decide to commit that sin. But I'm talking about ahead of time, contemplating a particular sin. You can have a Latrobe Drive. What do I mean by that? Where we pray, where we fast, where we walk. And where we see people turn away from their sin, whether it be abortion, whether it be, I learned a lot about domestic violence this week um, and how much it affects the church even, all kinds of things. God has given us the gospel message to take out to wherever we are. We just have an opportunity Saturday to do it together for one specific purpose. Your sins may not seem that serious, Or it may seem as though your particular sin is unpardonable. You may not be experiencing hopelessness today. Or you may be drowning in hopelessness today. I don't know where you are as you walk through the doors. Death may seem so far away. Or it may seem closer than you'd hoped. That's not necessarily just an age thing either. Without Jesus, our condition is hopeless. But the Bible tells us that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I had one opportunity one time. I've only been to the prisons once. No, twice. I take that back. I've been twice to, to a prison to minister with another group who was going. And you know, I met murderers who had given their heart to Jesus. I met the common, well, we say the common thief, you know, just a thief. Compared to a murderer, we think that's a lot worse. I, seen, I saw people in there, all kinds of convictions. But they called upon the name of the Lord and they were saved. And I can't wrap my mind around that. But God, did you see what they did? Have you ever been there? God, you saw what this person did. But there is hope for everyone, no matter if your sin is serious or not, no matter if you're hopeless or not, no matter if death is closer than you'd hoped or not, without Jesus, our condition is hopeless. But anyone who calls upon his name shall be saved. Can we stand this morning? Anyone who has turned from sin, regardless of the regardless, recognize these following things. Once we were hopeless like everyone else. But then we made a confession of faith. We were witnesses, I put that in quotes here, witnesses to the resurrection. In other words, we heard the story of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And we understand that Christ has caused us to rise. And he will do the same for you. He will do the same for those who are driving to Latrobe Drive for the specific purpose of ending a life, right? They need the hope of Jesus. Again, there is no, there's, there's not condemnation here. There's offering hope. You may be thinking now of someone who is having a potential Latrobe Drive experience. And again, when I say Latrobe Drive, we know that's where the abortion clinic is and folks, that's why they go there. But we're not specifically just talking about abortion. 
but it is life-altering sin that they are thinking about. Can you pray for them just for a moment? We're going to go one more minute, so I'm going to go one minute past my closing time. And I want you to pray for them. Father God, for those who are facing hopelessness today, for those who are facing a willful decision in whatever area of sin that it is, God, will you show them the sacredness of life today and use us to do it. God, we open ourselves and avail ourselves today that you would use us, Lord, to show life. And if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior today, um, I want to give you an opportunity to call upon the name of the Lord today and say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you come into my heart so that I can, one, love you and thank you for the life that you've given, but that I can be in heaven, that I can have my sins forgiven and washed clean, the guilt's gone. If that's you today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior and you want to do that, could you just raise your hand real quick so I know who I'm praying for? Anybody at all? You want to make that confession of faith today? Anyone? All right, we're believers in here today. Thank God for that.